Okay, we're going to try again. Uh, I, I hope that we'll uh, be able to do this, and I will do the best I can uh, to, to, uh, to preach this sermon this morning. I'm not a pastor. I'm just an ordinary guy, an elder of the church, um, and a small part of the session. My name is Ben Irons. Uh, I'm called to preach today in the absence of our pastor, Dave Osborne, who is, as you know, recovering from surgery following uh, a diagnosis of colon cancer. You got an update on, on him earlier, uh, and we're very much pleased by his progress today. And I ask that all of you continue with me to pray with all our hearts for our pastor's healing, that God would be glorified in the trials that Pastor Dave has undergone and his family and the trials that they are undergoing now. May God be glorified. May the peace that passeth all understanding envelop Pastor Dave and his family. I've chosen today to speak to you from the Psalms. Of late, you've heard many sermons from the Psalms, and all are important. The Psalms have often been called the prayer language of the Bible. When our pastor preached from the Psalms just prior to his surgery, he referred to the Psalms as the anatomy of the soul. All the highs and the lows and every emotion that a person feels in this life are expressed in the Psalms. The Psalms of praise are constantly a part of our prayers as Christians. We deeply appreciate the honest ways in which the Psalms speak of human emotions. Sometimes I just meditate one Psalm after the other, uh, and I began to meditate not too long ago on Psalm 102. And it is the psalm upon which we will focus today. You will see in the introductory portion at the beginning of that psalm that it is written by an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out a lament to the Lord. Last Sunday, our brother Schuyler asked some of us who are older to share how we have grown so close to the Lord and to each other as believers. I want to talk to you today about my walk with God and who, and who is close to me only because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for me. Brothers and sisters, there is much in me that identifies with this afflicted person in Psalm 102. Many times I feel like I am this person. Please let me explain it briefly. I'm 72 years old. 
The practice of law has been, has been my calling for almost all of my adult life. I thrive on helping people, and one of my goals in doing that is to bring glory to God. My mother and dad were physicians, and they thrived on helping people. It was these two and my two brothers who are physicians who have shown me a servant's heart, and I have imitated them. Yet my days as an effective attorney are diminishing. As our able pastor has reminded all of us so many times, if we live long enough, a day will come in which our thinking skills diminish, weaken substantially. I confess to you, brothers and sisters, that I dread the day when my mental acuity decreases so much that I will be ineffective as an attorney. My dad was greatly troubled when he finally had to give up his practice of medicine at an old age. Like my dad, I have defined my worthiness by my work. Again, as our pastor has reminded us so many times, focusing on our own achievement is sin. And I confess that to you today. As we read through our confession today, I looked at it and it just stared right back at me, this part of it in particular. We have preferred to live by our own merits. We often resign ourselves to sin rather than fighting it by your grace. I confess that I have at times, brothers and sisters, worshiped the God of self-achievement, yet the anxiety I feel is real. And I ask that you guys pray for me about my sin. My anxiety, though, is compounded by the fact that my years, my years on this earth in sweet fellowship with my church and with my wife and with other believers and with friends, my days are diminishing. In the days, months, or years ahead, I will experience physical death. So much of me can relate to the psalm we are about to read together. Despite my affliction and sometimes depression, and I, I do get depressed at times, I am greatly comforted by God through Christ. Some of the ways that I am comforted come from the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the past months, our pastor focused on images from Revelation that comfort us. Sometimes he referenced the Psalms as he discussed these images. You may remember, for example, when he preached on the river of life in Revelations 21, he spoke of Psalm 46, 4. 
which states that there is a river that makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. The river is going to constantly flow. And he reminds us of that image uh, uh, in Revelation, our pastor did, from the Psalms. I want to focus today on some of the other images upon which he focused during his inspired preaching from this book. And I too will reference the Psalms because I believe God used them to inspire John as he wrote Revelation. This morning we're going to begin by reading the complete text. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to read to you today from the NIV of the Bible. Uh, I know that many of you prefer the ESV and for and you do so for very good reasons. I prefer the NIV only because it is beautiful to me because it has been the word as I have received it uh, through the days that I have grown closer to Jesus. It is the version that God has used to write scripture on my heart for so many years. As I read it, Try to think to yourselves of how images from Revelation would be comforting to the psalmist and are comforting to those of us who sometimes feel afflicted. First, let us pray that the Lord our God will help us to understand his word. Praise the Lord, O my soul, let all that is within me Praise his holy name. Lord, we come to you today seeking discernment as we study your word. Empower us through your spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditation, meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. This is Psalm 102. This is God's word given to us so that we can know him better. This is an, a prayer of an afflicted person who has grown weak and pours out a lament before the Lord. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear toward me. When I call, answer me quickly. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress, I groan aloud, and I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a bird, alone on a roof. All day long, my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me use my name as a curse, for I eat ashes as my food and mingle my drink with tears 
because of your great wrath. For you have taken me up and thrown me aside. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. For it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. For her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord and the kings of the earth will revere your glory for the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond to the prayers of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet born may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high. From heaven he viewed the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners and release those condemned to death. So the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord, In the course of my days, he broke my strength. He cut short my life. So I said, do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. They will wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. That's God's word given to us this morning. And I want to focus this morning on four images from the book of Revelation that are comforting to those of us who often feel afflicted as the psalmist did in Psalm 102. These are the four. The prayers of the saints as they are received by God at the throne. The majesty, number two, the majesty and stability of the Lord God on the throne. And third, the holy city that the Lord will bring down when he returns in his glory. And the fourth, the lamb that was slain. At the same time, we will look at the person's afflictions to help us understand how we can be comforted when we are afflicted. Just 
want to give you a brief aside on this, that there's some reason to believe that the one who writes this psalm or is referenced in it is a king of Judah exiled in Babylon. He feels useless in exile and without hope as his life withers away. Before we look for the comfort, let's try to understand the affliction that we see so well expressed uh, through this psalm. Here, here we look primarily at verses 1 through 4. So let's focus on those for just a minute, and I'm going to read them again just for emphasis. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let, me cry, let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. You can see, brothers and sisters, that the psalmist is deeply concerned that his prayers will not be heard. He begs the Lord to let his cry for help be heard. Yet Revelation tells us with certainty that our prayers are heard. Let's look specifically at Revelation 5, 8. If you've got time to turn to that for just a minute. This indicates that when the lamb was slain, this is a verse, you know, where the lamb that was slain takes the scroll and the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, his saints. You see here, brothers and sisters, that our prayers are described as incense to him. Imagine the incense coming to the throne. It is pleasing and welcomed by God. And it reminds us that he always, always hears our prayers. As we study the psalm, and as we see this vision in our minds, we know that God hears our prayers. And that is because we are made righteous through the Lamb. He will guide us through this life. Through Jesus, God is directly accessible to us. He wants to hear our prayers of praise and he wants to hear our prayers for salvation for those who do not know him. I know there are a lot of you that, just like me, we pray every day for people to be safe that we know and love that don't know Jesus. He hears those prayers. Keep at it. Paul did. One reason that we often feel afflicted like the psalmist is it's because of our own, our, our utter dis, desperation without Christ. The psalmist says, and I love this verse so much, 
The psalmist says his days vanish like smoke. His bones burn like glowing embers. You know, this happens when we feel afflicted. When we're growing old, it happens. You know, I find my knees ache and burn, and I ice them all the time to keep them from swelling. Uh, I often feel physically and spiritually worn out like a man whose heart is blighted and withered like grass because I wander away from Christ and I focus on the things of this world. Sometimes, as I have noted and asked for your, you to pray for me about, I, I worship the God of self-achievement. We must understand, brothers and sisters, that we, without Christ, we, we can do nothing. As Jesus taught in John 15, he is the vine and we are the branches. And apart from him, we are doomed. But we have him and Christ has died for us and we will live in his presence forever. When you feel like your God is not hearing you, brothers and sisters, think about the incense at the throne. Remember the bold holds the prayers of the saints. And those saints, brothers and sisters, they're all believers. That includes you and me. He hears our prayers. Now let's look at what the psalmist does in his physical and spiritual exhaustion. I often have days in which I believe the evil one is taking control of my life. Maybe some of you guys have those dreams, those uh, days too. I know you do. Uh, one bad thing after another happens. The evil one interferes with prayer time by bringing to mind some mistake or trial that you can do nothing about. Like a mistake I made in a, in a trial in my work or some legal argument that I've already submitted where I forgot something or didn't say something that I should have said. Uh, he wants to distract me in any way he can. And when I'm trying to fend off an attack from the evil one, I often feel like the desert owl described in verses 6 through 9 of this psalm. I'm like a bird perched on a roof and I'm relentlessly attacked by the evil one. All day long, he taunts me. Do you remember, brothers and sisters, how our pastor spoke of the stability of, the, of God on the throne when he preached on Revelation 4? He talked about Colossians 3, 2 where Paul exhorted the Colossians to focus on things above, not on earthly things. One of the important things about the throne is stability. Unlike the things of this world upon which we focus often, including the God of self-achievement, the one who sits there on that throne remains there forever and ever. 
He is worshiped, as we sung about earlier this morning, by elders casting down their crowns forever. We often try to deal with our afflictions through diversions created and controlled by people around us. Do you remember how our pastor spoke about the instability of governments and political powers and sports and fashion and wealth and sex and everything this world has to offer? Instead, he exhorted us to focus on the throne, which is the place to find the stability that we are all seeking. Our pastor's message comes through loud and clear in Psalm 102. The psalmist focuses on the throne. He talks about these afflictions and how his life is withering away. But then he runs to the source of stability, the throne of God. Please look closely again at verses 12 through 13. These verses come right after the psalmist's declaration that his days are like the evening shadow and he is withering away like grass. Then he seeks the only source of lasting power. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all the generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for the time to show her favor has come. The appointed time has come. The Lord is always there. As the psalmist declared in verse 27, he remains the same. He alone never changes. While the psalmist was likely anticipating deliverance of God's people from exile in Babylon, we anticipate the time when we will live in the presence of our Lord forever. Brothers and sisters, all our days were written in his book before any one of them came to be. But as Peter reminded the brothers and sisters and the seekers in Acts 2, he will not abandon us to the grave. He will not. He did not let his Holy One see decay. He has shown to us the path of life. And we will live in an eternal pleasure with him, always guided by his righteous right hand. The third vision that uh, we will talk about is the holy city. That's something else that Pastor Dave reminded us of that is so comforting to us. As, as we read through verses 15 through 22 of Psalm 102, I think, let's think together about the holy city as it is described in Revelation 21, as our pastor spoke about it. 
And I'm going to read them again. I'm going to read these verses again for emphasis. The nations will fear the name of the Lord, and the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond to the prayers of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Let this be written by, for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his sanctuary on high. From heaven he viewed the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners and to release those condemned to death. So the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and praised in Jerusalem when the peoples and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. Brothers and sisters, do you remember from our study of Revelation when the people and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord? Look, look at Revelation 21, verses 24 and 26. The people and the kingdoms assemble, as our pastor said so well, when the Lord comes down. It happens when the holy city comes from heaven. We are strangers now in a land in which people are always seeking to thrive without Jesus. We live in a land that is spiritually destitute. Yet he will come and he's going to answer our prayers. We will be with him in eternal bliss in a place where there are no tears and no death. And even if the Lord does not return in our lifetimes, we are reminded in verse 18 that a people not yet born will praise the name of the Lord. When I think of this verse, I think of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ many years after I have departed this life. The children that we baptize today, or not today, but in the past weeks and months and years, they will be praising the Lord. The children of our children and their descendants will praise the Lord until he returns. That too is comforting. There's yet another vision in Revelation that comforts me as I meditate on this psalm and as we meditate together this morning. We see near the end of the psalm that the psalmist is deeply depressed because the Lord has cut short his days on earth. The psalmist is getting closer to his physical death as I am. Here again, the psalmist focuses on the Lord's presence forever. It is written here, in the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. 
Who laid the foundations of the earth and made the heavens? As John teaches us in his powerful description at the beginning of John 1, in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. As the writer of Hebrews stresses to us in verses 10 through 12 of chapter 1, the creator of the earth and everything in it that is referenced in this psalm is Jesus Christ. The fourth of these images from Revelations that comforts us as afflicted people is the lamb that was slain, referenced in verses 6 through 13 of Revelation 5. Remember, brothers and sisters, that John wept because no one could open the scroll. No one could unleash the judgments that would eradicate evil. But because Jesus was slain, he was worthy, and evil has been defeated and will be eradicated through him. It is the blood of the Lamb that shows us the path of life. Focus, brothers and sisters, on that image. It is because the Lamb has been slain and now lives at the right hand of God that we live in his presence. We will live in his presence forever. He has died for us, and therefore we as believers will live in his presence forever. Now, I want to say a few words to those of you who might still be seeking answers. You might not be sure about this Jesus. It's likely that some are still learning about who he is. Perhaps you don't understand his redemptive power. If you're like that, if you're one of those, you're probably puzzled that a 72-year-old man could come and speak with assurance of salvation through Jesus Christ. If there are those here who are seeking Jesus, I want to go back to the first image of which I spoke earlier. Remember from Revelation 5, that the Lord considers our prayers like incense. They are pleasing to him. He and the angels and the heavenly host will rejoice when they hear your prayer of salvation. I want you who are seeking to feel free to come to our, to come to our pastor when he returns. I also want you to know that your elders and our youth pastor and the, all the 
believers in this church are willing to pray for you and with you. But really more important than that, Jesus loves you and he loves you unconditionally. Your life may be full of sin as mine was before I came to Christ. I was a rebel dedicated to self and to drink, but Jesus changed me and he will change you. I know he can do it because he did it for me. And I would love to speak with you about my views if you wish to contact me. But you know, All of the elders will speak to you. Our youth pastor will speak to you. If you're seeking, talk to us. And know, know that Jesus loves you. Uh, that is the only source of peace and power and strength in this world. Think about that if you're seeking. In closing, when you feel afflicted and turn to Christ, remember those comforting images that come from Revelation. He hears our prayers, including the prayers of those who, who are still seeking him. Because a lamb has been slain, we live. And he is coming back, and we who believe will be with him forever. For those of you who don't believe, he is seeking you. And if you receive him, you too will have eternal life. And you too will speak of it with great assurance. Amen.